0: The following program contains elements of programming that are previously recorded and may
1: appear as live Welcome to Hope Reigns, a show brought to you by 8 Days of Hope Where we share God-sized stories from the mission field all around the country Now, here are your hosts, Steve Tiber and Mike Fiela
2: well, happy Labor Day weekend and welcome to Hope Reigns, a broadcast of Eight Days of Hope. My name is Steve Tiber, hanging out with Mr. Mike Fiella. Mike, how are you, my friend?
0: I'm doing well. It is a happy weekend. I like the way you said that. It's uh, the turn, the crisp in the air. We know, uh, you know fall is coming. It's just been a great summer. Busy for all of us.
2: So listeners around the country have to realize that Mike lives in western New York, and yes. so Labor Day is a turning point. Now, some of our friends down in Texas and Mississippi, That's right. where it's 95 degrees, they don't know what
0: you're talking <laughs> oh, about. Oh my, what's, what's with this guy this morning? It's not my life. We're, <laughs>
2: we're so thankful that you've joined us today. We're going to be right up front. This show is being pre-recorded this week because of Hurricane Ida, mm. uh, Eight Days of Hope. is a disaster uh, organization, a, a disaster relief organization. And we are in New Orleans, and we're going to talk a yes. lot about that in the opening segment. Also, Mike, we're in Waverly, Tennessee, helping out the flood victims, the families who've lost loved ones sure. from the floods two weeks ago. We have equipment in Colorado. Our guest today, Mike Walker, who's the executive mm-hmm. director of serve 68 he's out there doing some work, and we're going to be talking to him. We have some equipment there as well. So much going on, and thank you for joining us. So we're going to get right to it, Mike, because this is pretty serious stuff.
0: It is. So, um, yeah, let's jump right in.
2: Category 4 hurricane hits Mm. louisiana mike this is the third hurricane and fifth major storm since last year in Mm. august september
0: unbelievable 150 mile an hour winds inland um i i I saw this one report it actually the hurricane spread and a second eye was formed which made Mm. uh, it it was almost like two hurricanes even though it was one. Just devastating, devastating. So
2: eight days of hope, we travel the country. Uh, this is our 57th deployment oh, wow. to help a community with a disaster. We do it for free, all in the name of Jesus. Volunteer-led, eight days of hope, 181 volunteer leaders. And Mike, mm. we're recording this because today's Saturday... I, along with many other leaders and hundreds of volunteers, are in New Orleans trying to be the hands and feet of Jesus. And so, sure. you know, I just want to encourage the, the listeners out there. We always tell you there's three things you can do. And, and normally, you know, we're going to share some fun stories and, and we'll get to that in a little bit. We'll talk to Mike a little bit more about some things going on uh, out in Colorado with the uh, disaster of, of the fires over the last couple of years. But, Mike, we really need people to pray. Mm-hmm. I mean, there is no power in right. no water in some of the parishes and if you don't live in the south in New Orleans uh, there's different parishes that make up New Orleans. Right. And so uh, right out of the gate, we're based in Mandeville at Church of the King. And again, if you can volunteer, it all starts at the website, 8 com. But we're going to stay north of the city for a week, and we're going to serve Man, Man, uh, Mandolin, and we're going to also move over to uh, Hammond, Louisiana. So we're going to we're going to work north, Mandeville. Okay. We're going to work north of New Orleans for this first week. So starting today, you know, Mike, we have shipped probably close to $2 million worth of equipment to Louisiana. Mm. We have bucket trucks and bobcats. We have feeding trailers, shower trailers. We brought multiple units, commercial dehumidifiers and fans. I mean, all hands are on deck for this one. And at this point, we need people to pray. There's people with no Mm -hmm. power, no air conditioning, no food in the refrigerators. And we're going to do some things we've never done before. We've never fed the masses. Uh, We're going to be doing that uh, here in the next week, most likely in Kenner, more on that down the road. But as always, go to our website, EightDaysHope.com. But why is prayer so important during a season like this, Mike?
0: It makes it brings hope. I mean, we're called Eight Days of Hope, but hope uh, comes out of prayer. It comes out of the volunteers praying and, and loving on people. And, and that's where it starts. Um, Prayer for the ministry because volunteers, their safety, uh, definitely the finances to come in. So pray, pray, pray. It's it's something that God has designed us to do, and the Bible mandates that we do. That's our lifeline. I mean, if you're going to eat, you're gonna you got to pray. <laughs> it's the same kind of thing.
2: You know, we start every day and end every day at Eight Days of Hope in prayer. And that's what I love about this yes. ministry. For 16 years, we have done about $55 million of work. And today, if you could take a minute to pray for families in the Louisiana area and elsewhere. There has been flooding and tornadoes in Mississippi. It's right. moving up in the Northeast. Of course, we're still in Waverly, Tennessee. Be praying for them. And oh, by the way, there's a pandemic going on. So there's a lot of curveballs left sure. and right. But God is sitting on his throne. Mm-hmm. He has not changed, Mike. Right. He's a God of hope. He's a God of joy. He's a God of love. Mm-hmm. And today, hundreds of volunteers, because of people's past prayers, people donating over the years, has allowed us to make a decision on one second's sure. notice, yes, we're going to be there. Absolutely. Folks, let me
0: encourage you. I don't have it in front of me right now, but look up Psalm 121. And it says, where does my help Amen. come from? My help comes from the Lord. And, and and that's what this is all about. Nobody likes these kind of disasters. But the Lord is in the midst of this. Believe it or not, he is. We need to look up to the mountain, it says in that psalm. And where does our help come from? It comes from the Lord.
2: Amen. Pray, pray, pray. Volunteer if you're 18 or older. It's free. We're going to be there. We announced we're going to be there at least through September 25th, but I'm going to tell you because you're listening today that we are going to be there somewhere in Louisiana, probably to the middle of October, maybe to the end of October. Mm -hmm. Mike, this is not a three-week, you know, uh, outreach. This is going to be a multiple-year outreach. And Eight Days of Hope is going to be there because that's who we are, and that's who God's called us to be. So pray, volunteer, go to the website eightdaysofhope.com. Come for three days a week, two weeks. You don't have to be skilled. Some of these homes flooded, and it's simple. Someone's going to cut the drywall. They're mm-hmm. going to pop a line, cut the drywall. And if you can just take a hammer and carry drywall to the curb or insulation Absolutely. or pick up flooring or, or carpet or, or help sure. families just clean out their house and the debris, Absolutely. we need you. You need to be 18. It's free. We provide food and lodging. Again, 8 hopecom Pray, volunteer.
0: And Definitely uh, donate. You know, if if you just get on the grounds and folks see that you're there, yes, you don't have to be skilled. Yes, you can do some of the work that Steve just described. But just the fact that you're there, Mm. it's bringing hope. It's bringing help to people because you know they're looking around like the third uh, hurricane, uh, where they had they had an ice storm, Mm. and I mean how how flooding they They had flooding flooding in Lake Charles. I mean how do you How do you manage all that? Yeah.
2: You know, Louisiana, those residents are resilient, but I don't care how resilient you are. It's kind of like in a 12-round boxing match, and they've been sure. in round 12 for like eight months. <laughs> and and so wow. this is a perfect time for the church to sign, Pray, volunteer, lastly, donate. So we're a very unique ministry. There's a lot of great ministries out there. So if, if you don't volunteer with 8 Days of Hope, find one that you believe in and you can trust. But if you're going to donate, would you consider 8 Days of Hope? We made a decision on a moment's notice to go, right. shipping millions of dollars of equipment. We're buying tens of thousands of dollars of food, tarps, the fuel, we're bringing diesel fuel in. Um, We're going to be there for for probably up to two months. Mm -hmm. And we had not raised a penny yet. Because our partners, including American Family Radio, uh, one of our uh, co-hosts, along with WDCX up in Buffalo, and many others, they're on our website. They cover our fixed cost. What does this mean? If you donate today at 8daysofhope.com, a one-time gift, or become a monthly partner, and I'll give you a mailing address for those who who want to send a check, every penny, every penny. And we believe we're going to have to raise hundreds of thousands of dollars, but we will make this commitment to you. And Mike, you sit on the board of Eight Days of Hope Mm -hmm. and and you know the heartbeat of the ministry and you've seen our financials. Every dollar that you give, we will spend in Louisiana helping people. 100% pass through. You can't do better than that. And it is not to brag on Eight Days of Hope or or our philosophy, but I'm thankful that we have 14 partners like Renaissance Bank and Barnes Auto Crossing Group and the Chapel and and New Point Community Church and, and Grace. Church, and uh, Hand of Hope, a Joyce Myers ministry, and I think about uh, Destiny Worship Center in Florida, and, and I can go on and on, Crescent Memorial in Tupelo, so many organizations have come alongside 80s Hope. Pray, volunteer, Mike, we need donations.
0: Absolutely, and every, and I'm, I'm going to 100% pass through, you just said it, folks need to hear that again, isn't that exciting? When you know, if you write a check, or if you, however you donate, um, it's going to go right to the front Right to the front lines.
2: 8daysofhope.com. If you want a MALA donation, you can do that to our P.O. Box 3208 Tupelo, Mississippi. 38803 P.O. Box 3208 3208 Tupelo T U P. ELO, Mississippi, 38803. And that information is on our website and our Facebook page. And if you're on social media, you want to keep up to date with what God is doing. Not what we're doing, but what God is doing in Waverly, Tennessee, and down in New Orleans the next couple months. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and you're going to see some God-sized stories from the mission field. Absolutely.
0: And uh, we're taking another turn. We're going to start helping out with fire disaster relief. Yes. Yes. New and, for us. and
2: we're going to learn. So right now we have some equipment in Colorado. And again, right after our break, we're going to talk to Mike Walker. He's a uh, executive director with serve six, eight. He's out there right now with some volunteers and we have one of our shower units out there, uh, out in right. Colorado. So, so thankful that we can come alongside them. But, but again, please, 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 we've only got a minute before break. Pray for those who are still in the path of some of the remnants of Hurricane Ida. Pray for the communities that have to make decisions. For the, the, the guys that are starting to set up the power again in New Orleans, there yes. has been power for five days now, Mike. A
0: million Families. People, Yes, People a million without,
2: families without right? power. So pray for them. Volunteer. Please go to 8daysofhope.com. Come for two, three, four, five days. Bring a group with you. You're going to make some great friends. Uh, you're going to have a, You're going to have memories for a lifetime. And then lastly, donate at 8daysofhope.com, or you can mail a donation to our P.O. Box. That's P.O. Box 3208, Tupelo, Mississippi. Three eight eight zero three. Father, right now mm-hmm. we do pray for those who are already yes. are serving you. Hundreds of volunteers with old serving today mm-hmm. in Hammond, Louisiana. We thank you for them. We thank you, Father, that um, for the protection that there wasn't more loss of life. Father, we pray yes. for the families that had loss of life. Father, this could have been much mm-hmm. much worse. But Father, we pray for everyone down there. All the organizations. There's That's a lot right. of good ones, Father. We thank you that people are willing to take a step of faith on a moment's notice. Mm-hmm. But be with us this week, next week, the following week in waverly tennessee as you serve families there and father be with eight days of hope as we serve in louisiana yes pray volunteer donate father i pray that you stir your saints hearts in jesus Mm -hmm. name we pray yes amen amen all right well when we come back from break um we won't be talking about hurricane ida again go to eight for more information when we come back we're gonna be talking to mike walker you're listening to hope rains it's a broadcast of eight days of hope
1: Here's Steve Tiber, president of 8 Days of Hope.
2: 8 Days of Hope exists to love and serve those in need. Over the past 15 years, over 40,000 volunteers have served over 7,000 families after natural disasters. We've also renovated and rebuilt facilities to bring hope and healing to those rescued from sex trafficking. At 8 Days of Hope, we travel coast to coast in the name of Jesus to minister to the brokenhearted. For more information, as always, please visit our website, 8daysofhope.com.
1: Eight Days of Hope is now located in three different areas around the country.
2: Our national headquarters is located in Tupelo, Mississippi. Our Northeast satellite is in Buffalo, New York, and our Midwest satellite just opened up in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. God has provided three facilities for us to respond on a moment's notice to love and serve those in need. We would love to add additional monthly partners as we continue to grow. If you're interested in supporting 8 Days of Hope, please click on the Donate tab on our website at 8daysofhope.com.
1: Please consider supporting 8 Days of Hope today.
2: to hope reigns a broadcast of eight days of hope steve Tiber hanging out with mike Fiella, recording in upstate new york but at the same time being heard in 200 markets around the country so thankful for the listeners out in the midwest kansas and iowa and colorado and nebraska have you ever been out midwest you haven't been to cedar rapids iowa mike yet our, our midwest facility yet have you
0: i haven't been to the facility okay um been out there on uh A a rapid response. Oh
2: no, a disaster! You were there. You were there with the the rebuilding. Yes, in two thousand and eight. That's right. Wow.
0: And uh, I'll never forget that. that community. There were just so many, so much. Awesome people. There's a couple of stories that I, I hang on to that were just great. We'll mm. see her probably at another time. But uh, it's a great part of the country.
2: I tell you, I love the Midwest. I went to college for six years in Kansas. It, it was a four-year school. That's a whole other, <laughs> oh, goodness. Whole other story. Goodness, goodness. We'll, we'll talk about some other time. But I've, I've, I've got a special heart for people in the Midwest. Sure. And my favorite place to ski in the country mm. is in Colorado. My son and I, Zachary and I, snuck out earlier this this year. We did, we did a barter with my, my sister. I didn't even tell you about this. I think I could say this on air, but you know I travel a lot, so I had some airline tickets. And my sister has a lot of points at a at a, a ski a place that you can okay. ski and skate out of. And so I said, "Finnet, what if I gave you a couple plane tickets? Can you get me a couple free nights? And we both we're not out any oh, money. Oh boy! My son and I we went to Val, and we nice. had, we stayed at. Um, a national well-known chain, Ski and Ski out. Unbelievable. Oh, wow. Love Colorado. It
0: sounds exciting. I
2: know, all right, well, let's get to the guests. Enough okay. about Steve's travel stories, right? <laughs> I'm really excited to have this guy on. Mike Walker is the executive director of a ministry called Serve 6-8. Mike and I sit on a round table at Church of the Highlands. I know that we talked about this a couple weeks ago. Uh, love Church of the Highlands. They're mm-hmm. tied with a lot of art churches, 1900 churches around the country. And they bring regional national organizations like Serve 6-8 six, eight, like, uh, mercy chefs, emergency purse, eight days of hope, convoy of hope. and we come together and we share ideas and we figure out how can we do things together, uh, for the kingdom. Cause okay. you know, we all have our individual brands. We have sure. our own different methods, our different lanes, but I got a chance to meet Mike out there. And, uh, Mike, I know you're calling from out West today in Colorado. So it's a couple hours earlier to you. So I'm going to say good morning, Mike. How are you, my man?
3: Doing great, Steve. Thanks for hosting me this morning. I uh, really appreciate being with you guys.
2: Well, Mike, it's, uh, it's been a joy getting to know you uh, a little bit over these last couple of years. Let's talk a little bit about Mike Walker, who you are as a person, your family, where you live, and then maybe start the discussion of how serve, who Serve 6-8 eight, eight is and how it started, and we'll, we'll go from there.
3: Yeah, I think... I think, Steve, the, to, to talk about who I am, who I was as a person, is to kind of is a great segue to talk about what service Six Eight is. You know, I grew up on the East Coast, outside of Washington D.C. Uh, was intending to kind of be in public service my whole life. Started off in the fire department and the police department. Uh, met a great lady named Tina. We got married in 1996, and we were living in the D.C. area, content. Um, had our first child there. Our daughter was born in 1998. And then you know, God really stirred my heart. Now, ironically, I wasn't a believer until I was 27 years old. So at that time, I kind of I found salvation, and God stirred my heart to come west. And so, for some reason, God said, "Go to Fort Collins, Colorado." That's a long story, but that's the short version (laughs) of it. Okay. So uh, my family and I, we picked up, we moved out to Fort Collins, Colorado, got a job there with the Fort Collins Police Department. Uh, worked there for a period of time, and, you know, at some point in that journey felt a, a deeper call to use the gifts and skills and the talents that I had been given to do something for the kingdom of God. So um, it was at that point where I stepped out of the, the mm-hmm. world of law enforcement and kind of began this journey towards the ministry of Serve 6 Eight.
0: We'll talk about that uh, transition, Mike, if you would. Transition from a police officer uh, and into the ministry.
3: Yeah, you bet, Mike. Interestingly enough, I, um, as a as a law enforcement officer for the longest time, I thought you know my primary function you know was to work the street and protect and serve, and didn't really believe that there are other skill sets that can be brought to bear until I come to Fort Collins. And they really run in a pretty um advanced problem solving model that they they called d one and then I became part of this specialty unit and learned these really uh, advanced problem solving skills and next thing you know, I'm working for the city solving some of the largest problems the city's facing in collaboration with many of their key stakeholders. It was a really important season of my life, I think, Mike, that allowed me to see that um, God had put more in me than just this desire to, you know, protect and serve. Mm -hmm. So when I left the department, I was kind of seeking a way to use those gifts Mm -hmm. and skills, and I kind of sensed that God really wanted me to use those problem-solving skills in the Church. Mm -hmm. So in the end, you know, walking through a personal journey took a little time, but I landed at this great church, they called Timberline uh, here in Fort Collins very, very key church in our community and wound up running their local missions and reengaging that church very effectively with the local problems and that our community was facing. And so my background in law enforcement and problem solving kind of became that linchpin of connecting the church back to those issues in our community that were important uh, not mm-hmm. only to our, our community but to the church members in general.
2: You're listening to Hope Rains. as a broadcast of Eight Days of Hope. We have Mike Walker, the executive director of Serve 6-8, calling in this morning from Colorado. Um, talk about the name a little bit, uh, and thanks for your background. I didn't I didn't know all that. It's, it's I'm so glad. We're, you know, we hang out at a round table, and sometimes we don't really know a lot of our past. Uh, mm-hmm. We know more about what we're doing and what God's called us to do. But uh, tell us a little bit about the name Serve 6-8. Yeah, you know, so it's on
3: this journey. You're trying to figure out what... What does it mean to be uh, a problem-solving entity for the Church, you know, connecting uh, the, the faith community here to the needs of the practical citizens? So um, kind of had this sense, Steve, that my calling is wrapped up in mobilization of, of just... I thought, I thought my mo- of this, like, hey, my, my role is to mobilize the body into the largest issues, surround them with people of the Church, surround them with faith. Uh, issues, surround them with faith solutions, and then, you know, solve that problem and then and then move the Church to the next issue. So um, the very first verse that kind of popped up out of that was Isaiah 6-8. So clearly a mobilization verse, you know, here I am, send me, it's about becoming servants. But what I discovered is that the issues we were being mobilized into were really Micah 6-8. You know, we're talking about mercy, justice, compassion issues and his desire to walk humbly with God. So those two verses are actually the linchpin of, that's why we're called Serve 6.8. So Isaiah 6.8 and Micah 6.8.
2: I'm scrambling to pull them both up, but go ahead, Mike. Sure.
0: No, powerful, powerful uh, verses. So, Mike, how do you get this... uh, you say working, and uh, we do the same, working with a local church. Uh, how do you find that connection? Uh, is it easy to get that happening, easy to get that workable? Are churches jumping on board, or is there resistance? Or How, how does that play out?
3: I mean, all that, actually. <laughs> <My guess. laughs> if you, as, as church networkers, you guys probably know the great reward and the great challenge, uh, and also the great paradigm shift that you know, had to take place in my own heart. You know, initially, I was a problem solver in my own right, and, it, you know, it's um, not that you become prideful in those things, but you become capable and competent, and you, you forget right. that. What, what God really wants is just to equip His people, the body of Christ, to be the, the, the solution. So I, I took it, first, it took a shift in my own mental framework to say... We need to not be the people who have the answers. Instead, I need to bring the, the, the problems to the body and let them be the solution at the pace that they can go. Once I once I made that mental transition, it made things so much easier. Now we do have 43 church partners across seven cities here in northern Colorado. Um, we're not a big uh, area. About five or mm-hmm. six hundred thousand people in this area. And we certainly don't represent all the churches, but they are different denominations, all Christ-centered churches
2: Sure.
3: that are, you know, really what, what's, what these churches, what they're committed to is they want to be a part of the solutions to their local issues, they want to mobilize their people, and they really want to be the ones to make the personal connection. I think those are the key ingredients to what make a great church partner for SERV 6-8. Uh, we're not a great organization just to connect to a name because we do stuff, and, you know, we're in the middle of a disaster response right now. That requires mobilization, requires commitment, sacrifice, and investment. So these churches kind of have those, Key ingredients, I think, um, but to say that that's been an easy journey,
2: uh, <laughs> I, <laughs> okay.
3: yeah, you know, it, it's 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 always an interesting one, uh, but it's it's one I know, especially sitting at that round table, Steve, where we get to listen to the heart of people coming from all over the nation. It is it is clear to me that the the Church of, of Jesus Christ is the answer, and so that's a labor of
2: love. Hmm. You know, I, the last eighteen months, Mike, with this pandemic, has really turned things upside down in the country. And yet, the line that I've, I've said almost, gosh, probably every two, uh, two times a month out of every four weeks we record, Mike, is that this is the perfect time for the church to shine. Right. Because no leader, no government, mm-hmm. I don't care you know where you stand on the political dial, no one can wave the wand and make things perfect or right. Neither can we. But this is a time for the church to shine. There are people right now who are fighting deep depression. There are people there out right now who, who don't know who to trust. There's people out there right now that are hungry. There's people out there right now who, who need home repairs done to their homes, and they, they don't have the, the dollars... To, to do that. And that's where ministries like Serve Six Eight, Eight Days of Hope, uh, Mercy Chefs, Convoy of Hope, that's where the body of Christ working with the local church together, different denominations. And that's what I like, Mike, about mm-hmm. what you guys do. And I know as a national ministry how important it is to have ties to churches. And that takes a lot. That takes work. And it takes a plan and it takes people carrying out that plan. What's been the hardest thing, Mike, working with 43 partner churches who maybe don't you know, agree on everything on a Sunday or even a Wednesday night or even some of their doctoral beliefs, but they do love Jesus, they, they do love the Bible and, and their Christian churches. What's been one of the hardest things for you as you try to bring churches together to serve those in need?
3: Well, I think the first thing that comes to my mind, Steve, there's a lot of, I think there's a lot of challenges, but pace. You know, we, what we've learned um, in this mobilization journey, I bet you've seen the same thing, is, you know, just because a church has the ingredients I mentioned before, these three elements, uh, they're ready to jump into their community, the reality is they're in different places in that journey, mm. all of them. And and so looking across the field of churches and trying to understand how to move the, the, the body of them towards a, a common goal is, is so difficult because... Um, the pace of that looks different for every church. The the level of mobilization. Some are very new, uh, some are using our processes completely as their outreach right now, borrowing from our structure. While others are incredibly you know vibrant in, in their local outreach. So getting those that spectrum of churches to move towards a common goal, I think, has been one of the, the greatest challenges. Mm. Um, yeah, go have, ahead. Have
2: Have you seen any territorial issues? You know sometimes when we've traveled the country and we've worked in some communities, some churches, how do I word this because i if someone's listening today and they're they're not a believer, they're in their car and they 've stumbled on the station you know you 're listening to Hope Rains as a broadcast of eight days of hope, but one of the things that i've i've tried to encourage churches is let's let's not become territorial. Kind of like what happened when you and I were together at at the roundtable, you have ministries. We all have our lanes that we excel in, that God has blessed us with gifted people and equipment. And and yet there are ways that we can work together. Mm -hmm. And and I know that we're going to talk in a couple of minutes about the small thing that we're going to do, helping you serve your community. But have you seen those territorial battles? Has that been a challenge at all?
3: Initially, you know we were a one church movement um when we first started we We weren't intending to be this multi church movement. It's okay. that's been one of the big surprises now. Sure. Yeah, so in the beginning, we came out of this one church, Timberline, where I was pastoring and then running this thing kind of on the side. And what we learned is that when we became what you know what some people call a neutral convener, when we, we got our own separate nonprofit status and became an independent organization, many churches, that was the key to allowing them to work with us, because at that point, they knew it wasn't about one particular church. Mm. And I've heard that many times. Um, and so I think we've we started there and then we moved out of that because of the neutral convening status that we were able to bring um, on our platform. And then of course um, it also helps that we have a very strong structured way that we will partner with people. So, I think our churches feel pretty trusting that we're, we're partnering with people that are uh, bent on the same uh, advancement of the kingdom
2: principle. Talking to Mike Walker, he's the executive director of Serve Six Eight. Go to serve68.org, serve68.org. He's based in the northern part of Colorado. Mike, the next two weeks um, or in the near future, you've got something going on that I, I just want the listeners to understand. Um, the need, and um, just talk a little bit about what the plans are for Surf 6-8 the next couple of weeks.
3: Yeah, we're, we've been really battling all, all summer, Steve, on this, uh, the after effects of having this huge, uh, massive wildfire last fall. The Cameron Peak Fire was the largest fire in the history of the state of Colorado, mm. burned right above Fort Collins, about 208,000 acres. At, at high elevation, and so what's been happening? Um, even last night, two thirty in the morning, you know, we get flood warnings uh, and mudslide warnings are uh, happening um, multiple oh. times a week, mm. and so oh. that that impact to our community has been really twofold. Not only is it um, we we lost nearly fifty percent of all our water supply this year because we can't treat the water that's coming down that's saturated with ash and other oh contaminants. That's been a real challenge. But in addition, um, you know, we're we're looking at life safety issues. So back in the early part of July, we had a night where we had a a mudslide happen in an area called Black Hollow. And and unfortunately, um, a a whole family lost their lives as they were swept away Mm. in the mudslide uh, while in their home. Completely no warning. So we have been working through the summer not only to prepare sandbags. We we did 25,000 sandbags them throughout the region and those have been an important part in kind of protecting people's life and property but now we're looking ahead and looking at Black Hollow and the lessons learned we said you know one of the greatest challenges we face are these these pieces of debris that come down during the the rain and and until there's some vegetation growth at that altitude we're going to be dealing with this for a long time so they said, well, you know, our, our community got together, and like, we really have these high-priority areas. We're collaboratively working together with emergency management and our environmental experts, and they're saying we need some trees to come down. That's a huge priority. And uh, does anyone know any national teams that are great with cutting trees? And we'll we were like, yeah, yeah. I so, think we do. <laughs> really. Serve
2: 6-8, <laughs> man. Here we come. Mm-hmm. Right. We happen to know
3: some friends in yeah, the South, sure. part of the, the nation, and that's what they do. They're yeah. specialists. So, you know, we reached out to our yeah. friends at the roundtable and multiple organizations, got Pit Crew, Church of the Highlands, Return and Respond, maybe Celebration Church in Austin. They're sending some skilled people uh, beginning around the 1st of September. They're going to spend a couple of weeks in the high country here specifically working with our emergency management and, and local engineers to cut trees that would be hazardous during these rainfall and mudslide events. So.
2: Wow. I love Mm -hmm. it. And being Labor Day weekend this weekend, Mike, I know that, um, you know, again, we haven't gone out west yet. We're going to talk Mm -hmm. a little bit more about it after the break. Our plans want to learn more from you about fires and, and some of the reasons some of the things that happened because of the fires other than the fire itself, some of the ramifications. But Mike, I think I was telling you before we started today that, you know, we, even though we're not gifted in that area yet, I, mm-hmm. I believe God's calling us to be a, a part of that solution to some of those challenges down the road. Uh, we were able to uh, take over a shower trailer from our Cedar Rapids, Iowa location. Uh, one of our volunteers, you know, pulled it over. And so even though we can't be there in person with the chainsaw, we, we found a way to, to, to work with, with, with Mike and, and the people at Serve 6-8. Mike, I love your heart. I mean, I do. I love your heart. I mean, it's been a while. No one's talking about the fire last year in Colorado. You live there, you know the need is real, and you're trying to rally the church to to help an area in need at a time when the world's not talking about it. And I applaud Serve 6-8, I applaud you and your leadership for um, not just ignoring that this situation's not going away.
3: No, and when you look ahead to the challenge of that, I mean, this, see, this is an area where you've you're, you got a tremendous amount of experience. You, I know you come to areas um, after events, and you do so multiple times, and you do really big projects, and you galvanize hundreds and hundreds of volunteers and organizations to get a lot of work done. We're, we're more of a church network working group, so mm-hmm. this is a, you know, a little bit outside of our, our band here. But when we look ahead, there it, needs to be this very intentional, focused way for organizations like yours, like God's Pit Crew, and other specialty groups that we're connected to, to come here in a structured way for, for the next several years. That's the reality. Instead of calling out this large mobilization of the church body right now, like we would right after an event— this is very much more surgical, mm-hmm. and that's what mm-hmm. makes it more challenging. That thank God for um, relationships like we have with eight yeah, days of hope. Because, you know, what would it look like for Sir 6-8 to have a shower trailer? Like, Just because we might need it in the future, that's crazy. Instead, we can reach out to great partners like you, pull on equipment, supplies, pull the pieces together, which is what we're going to be focused on, Steve, over the next several years. I think we're going to do multiple workdays this way, try to fit them into the cycle, not only that, that disaster cycle for our mountain areas you know but also for the cycle for the nation mm. because as you know at any moment especially this time of year all of our friends can be pulled in one right. direction right. pretty quickly and and and, and, so, and and
2: and they are right I mean you know yeah, as we, they are as we see we speak. Yeah, it, yeah it's happening and I, and I'll make this commitment you know Mike a couple of weeks ago we were in Cedar Rapids Iowa we had seven crews out every well we did God had seven crews out in two you know 255 foot lifts five bobcats working at seven different sites doing tree work and you know john john tidwell we had on you know as a guest just a couple weeks ago and last week i'm sorry Mm -hmm. time's flying and john was just talking about some of the god-sized stories of these families mike that we were serving with chainsaws and, Mm -hmm. and bobcats and bucket trucks and i'll make this public declaration mike you know down the road when you start planning your next one I'd love for Serve 6-8 and 8 Days of Hope to together, the two of us, to find a way to, to, to work together. Because that would be our first outreach of that type. And, mm-hmm. and I'll make the public commitment that we will um, we'll bring in multiple teams to, to serve alongside you. Because we want to learn, and we want to learn from people that have a heartbeat like 8 Days of Hope and Serve 6-8. Has that heartbeat. So let me just throw that out there real quick.
3: I appreciate that. And, you know, I'm going to be quick to take you up on that. And, you know, as we work here to heal our community, like you said, these things are going to take a while. So we're going to be in the saddle with this for, for, quite some time.
2: Well, we need to take a break. Um, this Labor Day weekend, we are, you know, so thankful for people like Serve 68 in Colorado who will be out there serving the next couple of weeks and um, helping people in need. And, uh, you know, we prayed for you uh, before we even started the broadcast, Mike, and, and we will pray for you before we let you go after the break. But I just want to again say thank you to the listeners for praying for Serve 6-8. Uh, go to serve 68org um, you can learn more about their ministry that's happening in Colorado, helping out an area of the country that had crazy amount of, uh, of damage done to the fires because of fires last year. Um, but we'd be praying for the next two weeks for safety for the volunteers. You know, we have some equipment out there uh, working alongside them, but uh, nothing. Serve68 right now, just so thankful. And again, go to serve68.org. Mike, there's a way they can donate right online. Is that, is that true?
3: Yeah, you bet. They just go right to our give page if they're interested in doing that. Um, and if they're around our area, they can actually engage us in volunteering through Ooh, online.
2: I like that. Uh, online portable. Yeah. S- serve68.org. Mike, can you hang out during this break? We can get you on for one more, one more segment? You bet. I love it. Um, thank you for joining us. You're listening to Hope Rains, It's a broadcast of Eight Days of Hope, where every Saturday we share God-sized stories from the mission field. Sometimes it's because of a tornado, a hurricane, a fire flooding. Uh, more information about the ministry can be found at 8daysofhope.com. When we come back, we're going to be talking again with the Executive Director of Serve 6-8, Mike Walker. More information about Serve 6-8, go to serve68.org. You're listening to Hope Reigns. It's a broadcast of 8 Days of Hope.
1: 8 Days of Hope is thankful for ministry partners like Provia, a manufacturer of residential exterior building products. Provia's mission is to serve by caring for details, and each employee strives to do that every day. Provia combines automation and human craftsmanship in creating their doors, windows, siding, stone, and metal roofing. More about Provia's mission and products at Provia.com, P-R-O-V-I-A.com. Here's Steve Tiber, president of 8 Days of Hope.
2: The fastest growing crime in America and across the world is sex trafficking. We're talking about millions of lives, even children. Did you know the average age of a child who's trafficked in America is 12 years old? At Eight Days of Hope, we're going to partner with an existing ministry. And for 14 days, we'll bring skilled volunteer professionals to renovate, rebuild, or remodel facility so that more can be rescued and receive the emotional, physical, and spiritual help they need. For more information on how you can get involved with our Safe House Construction Ministry, please email us at safehouse at 8daysofhope.com or go to our website, 8daysofhope.com.
1: I've heard him say before to live just like you're dying, yeah Wish I could say that's how I am, but I've been lying, yeah Lying in my bed at night, one too many times I'm thinking What if, what if My biggest fear is waking up to find what matters is miles away from what i spend spent my life chasing after Is my story gonna have the same two words in every chapter?
2: Welcome back to Hope Reigns, a broadcast of eight days of hope. Matthew West singing his latest called What If. Two weeks in a row, Mike, we play the same song after the break, but I, I like yeah, that. It's guy. a great Come song. Got to play it. Got to play <laughs> yeah. it. What if, what if someone said, today I was driving down the road and I was listening to Hope Reigns and I heard about this organization called Serve 6-8 in Colorado yeah. and I'm going to pray for them. I might even look to a volunteer, but I'm also going to donate. You can donate okay. today to Serve 6-8. Uh, Serve 6-8 is out in Colorado this week, the next couple of weeks. Um, some of us are going to be enjoying the uh, the cookouts this weekend on Labor Day weekend, and they're going to be serving people in the name of Jesus. Uh, they'll be serving a community that was hit by some crazy fires last year. And, Mike, I mean, you've been watching the news, some of the fires that are happening right now out west. For those of us who have never experienced fires, when you see those news stories, Mike, what's going through your head?
0: You know, I'm silent. My wife and I are sitting watching this recently, and it's I just rendered silent. I'm thinking, oh, I've experienced snow and floods and fires. I I I don't know. I mean, uh, it's incredible. I mean, I I think of the smoke that you can't even breathe, and I think about all that. And then when it's done, is it Mike? Isn't it true? There's there's the problem of mudslides because
2: your trees, your
0: your, your everything's gone.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we're talking to yeah. Mike Walker. Go ahead, Mike. You can answer that question about the mudslides. Yeah. Sorry.
3: Yeah, Mike. The complexity of the fire itself during a time, it's scary enough. And, you know, but it's the the after effects of those large fires that just kind of keep visiting you on a, on a normal, routine basis in ways that are completely disruptive. And, and for the people who live in the high country here in Colorado, going back to 2012 when we had uh, our High Park Fire, this is our second major fire disaster mm-hmm. since 2012. And then, of course, we've had uh, a major flood in 2000, 2013. People become uh, – you mentioned um, earlier in your, your show uh, that there are impacts to, right now because of COVID and mental health. Well, the mental health impacts to the people living in the high country and living mm-hmm. under constant threat, not only of fire but then flooding and mudslides, is pretty, is pretty tremendous.
2: People don't realize that, you know, when when they see the news stories, and again, we're based in Mississippi, we've done, you know, we've served after 60 disasters, we've never responded after a fire, but that's going to change because even though we have a facility in Mississippi, one in the Northeast in New York, one in the Midwest in Iowa, Mike, you know, we've shared this even, I think, once or twice with the listeners over the last three years. We believe that God's calling us to set up a facility out West so we can Work with organizations like Serve 6A, work with organizations that are doing, um, uh, assistance, providing assistance to those in need in communities and families because of these fires. You know, Mike, at the round table a couple weeks ago, uh, when we saw uh, Carl from Bethel, they have, uh, the church out in California, they have a, a team that goes out and ministers after fires. And when I asked Carl, well, what kind of things do you do? Because he says, Steve, we haven't rebuilt 7,000 homes. We don't do that, but we do sifting and I'm like, well, what's sifting? Mm. And so he taught me that a lot of these families who've lost everything, people who love Jesus want to love these families who's lost everything. I mean, literally, Mike, there's nothing left except ashes. And what these volunteers do, Mike, and I, you probably know this, I'm, I'm talking to Mike Fiala, but also Mike Walker with <laughs> Serve Serve68.org, by the way, is the website, uh, but what they do, Mike, Fiela, is they sift through all the remaining ashes and they try to find items that might be keepsakes oh for these families. Really? And we're talking about lockets and pictures and maybe hand-me-downs, furniture from their grandparent that maybe they can't use, but they want to hold on to or That's part of their healing process. Mike, out in Colorado, have you experienced that or have you ever heard of that before?
3: We have. Uh, we did some. We did quite a bit of ash sifting after 2012 during the High Park Fire, alongside Samaritan's Purse. They came out, and partnered with us. This time, uh, the Cameron Peak Fire, there was so much going on in the national scene. We we were here, kind of uh, holding things down, yeah. anchoring them by ourselves. We did a little bit of ash sifting. It's interesting, though. Um, the way the, here's the challenge of ash sifting. It's really going to be weather dependent. You know, so our fires. We were really oh, brought true. to an end by the, the, the first snowstorm of the winter, and so we went from incredible heat and fire to a foot or more snow being dumped on that fire, and then what happened was pretty quickly all that ash turns to just the as you can imagine almost concrete, oh. so it's it's hard to get through there. But what what the process looks like, Steve, is when you meet with a the family, they kind of you can never tell what that house looks like because literally it's just a, a hole in the ground, and wherever stuff was, the metal just drops right in. And so they start letting you know, like this area was my master bedroom, and in my in my uh, corner over there, I would ha- I'd have this jewelry box. Where I'm looking for this particular locket. So, when you sift through, you can often go right to a particular region where you feel like a room would have fallen through, and then you kind of start working your way from there. It's it's almost like running a little bit of a criminal investigation. You know, wow. you know where something was initially, so you're going to kind of work backwards from there. And, the hope is that you find something that really matters. it doesn't matter if there's insurance on the house or not that ash shifting part isn't something that they cover so it's going to be something that people need help with at every in every situation.
2: Think about that Mike. Mm. I mean you, you you were you were in Panama City you know within days of Hurricane Michael yes. you know I've seen I, I was on the Gulf Coast of Mississippi 48 hours after Hurricane Katrina came through. you know we, we have those experiences, but I have never. In the 16 years of leading, being one of the leaders of the ministry called Eight Days of Hope, I've never gone to a fire. And that's going to change. I believe that God is opening up doors for Eight Days of Hope to work alongside organizations and go wherever he calls us to go to help out those after these fires, because these fires are going to continue. And Mike, you and I, when we watch the news, you know, we watch the story, it shakes us up a little bit. And as soon as the story's done, we move on to our lives. To what we're doing, right. And here's families whose lives have been turned upside down. This is, again, the perfect time for the church to shine. Well,
0: you know, myself as a a board member, I I would say let's get this on the agenda because we haven't really responded to a fire situation. And what I'm hearing here is beyond just a newscast, I mean— Mike, you're sharing some things that are just stirring in my heart and in my mind. And, you know, the servant part of us is saying, what can we do? Now, yes, we're going to be sending equipment this time. But there's there's something real special we all know about sending ourselves and motivating other people to go to be a part of this. And also some training that's going to be necessary. Right. That's an right. area that we're not familiar right. with.
2: Mike, uh, heavy equipment. Uh, it, uh, I know what you're you're planning to do, and I know what Bethel's doing out west where they're sifting what kind of equipment is needed for uh, the work that you'll be doing the next couple of weeks and and if and in other fires what, what kind of equipments needed?
3: Uh, typically uh, during the fire itself you know we're, we're not doing we're not doing a whole lot until things are cleared and then the first thing that's going to be done would be you know retrieving valuables and, and sifting through the ashes of homes and you know we typically build these little ash sifting things and we get lifts so we can pull out the steel beams. Uh, that's part of the challenge. You start off with having to get the, the home stabilized. When, once once you get there, you got to pull out all the major debris. There'll be wood stoves and wood beams and, and pieces of metal roofing that go, go down in the hole. And, and so you have to pull all that stuff out and then dispose of it in a particular way, by the way. That's always a challenge, too, uh, because so many of those homes have contaminants and and so you can't just walk in there and and do work and once you get all that out it really becomes a small hand tool process Mm. um now the work we're doing uh with with tree felling really is going to be a little bit more technical we we have skid steers on every crew those skid steers have these grapple thumbs that allow uh, the trees to be picked up and moved over great distances now remember we're in the rockies so uh, where there's a lot of elevation, a lot of, a, lot of, a lot of grade here. So we've got to work in areas where we can actually um, safely operate the machinery. And then what we'll do is we'll bring those, those cut trees to a chipper right on site and, and ground all that those trees up into mulch so then the, the mulch can then be taken up by backpack. As you can't get the mulch to the higher parts of the uh, the burn area, Wait, 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 wait Mike,
2: <laughs> I, I normally don't interrupt our guests, but you just said, take the mulch up in a backpack.
3: Yes, that was uh, the, when I was talking to our national teams. That was part of the, the interesting wow. part of the conversation. I mean, who's going to volunteer to do this part of the job? Uh, you know, wow. at, at six thousand five hundred, seventy, you know, seven thousand feet, you're going to put fifty pounds of mulch on it on your back on a backpack, walk it up the mountain and then place it where it needs to be placed. And uh, that's actually a big part of the equation that stabilizes the soil.
2: Wow. <laughs> Mike, do you have – I, I can think of it as – and my kids are older, but I, I just was looking at a picture last night of my son, Zachary, who's 25. He was, like, going to his first day at school at first grade, and he had a he had a – um, Winnie the Pooh backpack um, I just looked at this like last night, so when you were telling this story, Mike, I thought of that Winnie the Pooh backpack on the back of Mike's back. Oh, no, Mike Fiella's going up and down the hill, Mike. Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> oh, so Mike, I mean, that is pretty tedious work, and that's where the volunteers, if, if you're living uh, in the area, please go to serve68.org, serve68.org, and look on ways on how you can help. it. We all could carry a backpack and climb a hill. Well, most of us can climb a hill, right? (laughs) Uh, But, boy, it sounds tedious.
3: It is. Uh, It's tedious. It's hard work. And, you know, more than that, you know, one of the great surprises is that that work has to be done in very careful conjunction uh, with with adjoining work. So when you work with water at 7,000 feet, whatever you do with it, translates all the way down the mountain. Mm. And so it, this isn't one of those areas where you want people showing up and deploying with no skill or a, a, a lack of collaborative spirit, right? We're the church, we're, we're, we're about the interest of the church, but in the end of the day, with this kind of work, all of the community has to come together with the engineers, environmental folks, and you got to be very careful that when you divert water at that altitude, but coming downhill that speed with no more vegetation, that you are doing things properly so that right. you don't actually destroy other people's property, homes, or create a secondary issue. Yeah. So right. I think that's part of the, the challenge, too. Not only is it tedious work uh, physically, but quite frankly, it's it's mentally tedious work. Mm-hmm. It,
2: it's being done by design. Mm. Mike, I think we got time for one more. I know you've got about five there, but why don't you pick one? Well...
0: You know, I, we needed to be talking about the, the 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 fire and the and the the disaster relief there. But Mike, your ministry of six eight is so so diverse. I mean, I I was reading about seasonal opportunities, weekly group engagement, but there's something that uh, could you talk a little bit more about stuff like talents? I was reading about talents, and then even um, you got cares boutique market. There's so much that you're involved in, but. What What is your talents, ministry, part of your ministry, and anything else you want to share about the, 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 the diverse things that you guys do?
3: Yeah, and I'd start with this, Mike. I would say this. When a community responds, and we've heard this around the roundtable, Steve,
1: when a,
3: when a church steps out in outreach and says yes to their community during a crisis, what will happen inevitably is they're going to be given connections to families on an everyday basis. And that's what happened to us. We stepped out for Hyde Park Fire. Next thing you know, last year we had 16,000 family connections. And that's basically the church is running the front door for the greatest care needs of our community because we said yes in disaster until a little bit. God gave us more. And as that conversation deepens and churches meet families, it's inevitable. With ministries like Talents, for example, that we're gonna that churches are gonna follow, where their heart is being led by God, and saying, "Hey, you know what? I've met families. I see the need. I'm in relationships. These families need better opportunities for employment, and that comes out of you know knowing our market. So we live in a market where it's incredibly expensive. The average wages are well below what it would take to actually afford a home. So the the idea is to help people leverage their skill sets up to the next job level. Mm. And so we have coaches who have stepped forward and said, yeah, I'm going to help people not only develop resumes, but then I'm going to help teach them to interview, and I'm going to help them package their experience in different ways. We're going to forge relationships with businesses, and we're going to try to be a resource to businesses in particular. When they turn around and they're on the front line and they need help, that's another way to minister to community mm-hmm. is to be there for your businesses because those businesses are so key to the flourishing of our communities. And so I, think, I think we can forget that. And so talents yeah. is, a, is a confusion of the business owners in the churches and the people that live in our community that want to leverage their their skill sets up to figure out how to um, move ahead and flourish without the need for um, mm. living in a condition where where they have to have government subsidies or benefits.
2: Mike, I really feel like we could have you on for another hour. We only have a minute left. So, um, boy, very insightful. I learned a lot today. Hope the listeners did as well. Serve68.org, Mike Walker, Executive Director. The next two weeks, he'll be leading uh, volunteers uh, in Colorado as they address some challenges from last year's fires. You know, I was looking at the the map, and again, we only got a couple seconds, uh, Mike Fiala, um, but we have about 30 radio stations within about 300 to 400 miles of Colorado. Okay. that are listening today. And I just want to encourage you, if you live in Kansas, Iowa, Colorado, Montana, I'm not looking at the map, but but I know that there's a lot of stations out in those areas. Please, please, please go to serve68.org. And maybe the next two weeks is not a good time for either you or serve68.org. But learn more about the ministry. Uh, pray for them, volunteer, donate. Donate today to serve68.org. Mike, thank you, thank you, thank you, brother. Um, really appreciate your heartbeat for those in need. And um, I'm just thankful that we could send a shower unit out your way, um, keep those guys and ladies clean and ready to, uh, you know, <laughs> hot shower and, and just uh, thankful for all that you're doing for the kingdom. Before I let you go, and again, we're just about out of time, but I want to pray for you, man, and just uh, want to give God glory for what mm-hmm. Serve 6-8 is doing out mm-hmm. in Colorado. Father, yes. we thank you so much for Mike. We thank you for his heart, for the brokenhearted. hearted we pray a, a bre- bless we pray a blessing over everyone that will be working mm-hmm. in Colorado the next couple of weeks i pray lord that you keep them safe that you keep them refreshed, they find energy uh, that they didn't even know they had to to go another step to help out even further. Lord, I pray that they will be a light in a, a, a dark world right now. Lord, thank you for Mike's mm-hmm. leadership. Father, pray for the finances for serve68.org yes. that maybe there's someone out there today listening. Lord, I just pray that you just, just prick their heart a little bit, that they should send a gift, no matter how big it is, to serve68.org um, to help them do what you've called him to do. Keep Mike safe. Thank you for his new friendship. And Lord, I look forward to the opportunities that we can work together uh, again. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you both. Thank you, Mike, so much. God bless you, you, brother. And uh, if that shower trailer breaks down and something's not working, uh, I'm not the guy to call. John Tidwell (laughs) is our maintenance manager. He, because I'm going to go to him anyways, but I'm kind of half kidding around. It should work out great. But love you, brother. Thank you for all that you do.
3: You guys too. Yeah. Thank you. God, God bless, bless you,
2: Mike Walker, Executive Director of Serve Six Eight out in Colorado. Uh, Mike, j- just very quickly, what's come to your mind? Listen to his conversation today.
0: Very organized guy. Very directed to what needs to be done. I can see him. Well, he is a great leader. Yes. Motivating people to get it done. And you know, personally, this this the to address a fire during and after is just yeah. mind-blowing.
2: We've got to find a way to get more involved, Eight Days of Hope. Learn more about the ministry of Eight Days of Hope. Go to the website, eightdaysofhope.com. You can uh, pray for us. <laughs> Please pray for us. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've been deployed all over the place so far this year, just left Iowa, been in Louisiana, Mississippi, Alabama, Texas, uh, Kentucky, I might have mentioned. Um, donate. Uh, become a monthly partner. You can donate online at eightdaysofhope.com. You can mail a donation to PO Box 3208-3208 tupelo mississippi 38803 my eyes have been opened up mike and i'm excited Absolutely. to see what doors god opens up for us down the road um i think something yes is, is brewing
0: definitely we're going to be going down a new path i see it coming yes i do
2: too <laughs> i do thank you for joining us today uh, hope reigns a broadcast of eight days of hope I want to thank some of our national partners like destiny worship center down in florida multiple campuses thank you so much uh, for uh, all that you do with 8 Days of Hope and also New Point Community Church in Ohio thankful for New Point uh, Pastor Dwight and the team there as well Pastor Steve down at Destiny Worship Center we couldn't do it without you guys so thank you so much uh, until next week I want to say thank you for joining us hope that you tune in to Hope Reigns a broadcast of 8 Days of Hope